Welcome to another edition of the Columbia University Sports Podcast, The Cusp Show, where we talk about innovation, technology, media, digital stuff, all kinds of stuff. I'm Joe Favorito, along with co-host Tom, uh, Tom Richardson, no, Scott Rosner, who's back in the chair today and feeling a little bit better. Not as tall, not as good looking, but I'm a pleasure to step into Tom's shoes for him. And we are here on Radio Row, the third day that we've been here on Radio Row. We've talked about a whole lot of topics throughout the three days. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit more NFL innovation now and player health with Jennifer Langton, the NFL SVP of player health and innovation. So it all fits together very well. Jennifer, thanks for joining the yeah, customer. Thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about what you guys are up to right now at the league. Obviously, it dominates the conversation, um, you know, with everything from conversations and collective bargaining around 17-game seasons and, um, you know, the greatest, as we think about, existential threat to the league going forward is player health and safety and, you know, all the news that's been out, in for, in the, out there for quite some time. Um, talk about what you do. So I manage the league's um, engineering efforts and innovation platform. If you date back um, to 2016, we had developed what we call the Engineering Roadmap, which is a five-year plan to stimulate the public marketplace. And with that, you had to understand the mechanism of injury of concussions with a better helmet will hopefully reduce concussions. And so within that plan, we've now studied to date over 800 concussions, um, and those concussions are when reviewed in its very manual approach, um, we annotate all of. Yeah. Okay. So when when those questions are reviewed, we're really trying to understand that mechanism of injury, what that has produced, and what how you open. We take a very data-driven approach to reduce injury, and with all that data, we are able to see either behaviors like lowering your head, and/or the type of helmets that were the highest rate of injury. That became our first injury reduction plan at the league. The year after that injury reduction plan, we had a 29% reduction of concussions, which was phenomenal. The most important thing there is we have biomechanical engineers that are leading this with a very scientific approach, but it's data generated and data produced, which is informing not only helmet development, but also rules changes, which reduced our injury. Where we are right now, though, is that concussions are not our highest rate of injury. Lower extremity or 60% of our injury, most missed time, most money missed for the players. How do we replicate what we have done to date for concussion, extrapolate that for lower extremity injury? Our process in full transparency is very manual right now. So we have, uh, our, our newest deal is with AWS, where we can really leverage their tools and technologies to create something that was manual with scale and speed. And so we're looking to create what we call a digital athlete version of that, which is think about very simply computer simulation models that you can run finite element time so that you're really taking a look at how to predict injuries. How do they happen to predict them? So um, obviously player health is both uh, above the head and below the waist you've talked about. Um, can you talk a little bit about um, the mental preparation for games, how you're dealing with all the other issues you know, that's becoming a major issue around athletes, and I'm sure the NFL is looking at that very closely as well. Yeah, well, everything that we do is either data-driven or scientifically based. Right. So when you say head-to-toe, we take a look at injuries all the head-to-toe, but we're really taking a look at the wellness of our players. Right. So under, um, we have a chief medical officer, I don't know if you know that, Dr. Alan Sills, and underneath him, so a few of our key initiatives for health and safety this year are behavioral health. 
let's bring in the leading experts to really define best practices and mandate for the club what are best practices and that they leverage in providing the support needed to players that do have mental health issues. Pain management is another huge one, and then sports science. So it's not just head to toe as injuries that we sustain, but it's also overall wellness, which is very important to preparation for every game. Heat and hydration is very important. Sleep is very important. Yep. So we're, we're taking a more like holistic approach to it, mm -hmm. medical as well as engineering and innovation. Right. You touched on AWS, which some of our listeners may not know is Amazon Web Services, is. correct? Yeah. Um, how did they get involved? I mean, people, that, that's probably something that people wouldn't think about when they think about it, Amazon at all. Um, how did that come about and how has it worked out so far? Well, we just secured, we just announced the deal with them in December at their reInvent. How it came about is because what I explained to you with the engineering roadmap, all the data and the yep. quality of data that we were producing that were informing rules changes and really impacting our game, we knew we couldn't scale. So we, the NFL, have now, with that quality, have vast rows of data. With that fast drive, we also have the expertise with football. What we needed was the tools and technologies to accelerate that. The example that I used earlier was the lower extremity injury. So Jeff Crandall, who's our lead engineer, Jeff Miller, who I work very closely with, and myself, went on a roadshow, if you shall say, to all different technology companies. And we really wanted somebody to partner with us in the space. Many of the tech companies want to take your data and run. We wanted somebody, because health and safety is the league's number one priority, to work with us, because these are tools and technologies that have never been created before. And so they had worked very closely with our next-gen stats. Are you familiar with next-gen yep, stats? Sure. Yep. Now, that was something that had never been done before. It's a fan engagement tool, but it was the prediction, right, on completions or plays with the visualization that's brought to fans real-time. If you think about what we're doing in health and safety, it's never been done before. Those concussion reviews that are manual, could computer vision and technology start to predict injuries the way humans are doing it right now? Right. So, really, it was the, the work that we have done and the collaboration that we had already had with them had opened up the door. We work very well together, and there we, Commissioner will say, at top down, we always choose the best in class, and they are best in class partner for this type of scope award, and very passionate about it. No, there's no question. They're doing some really cool work, and you guys are doing some really cool stuff around the Super Bowl as well, and some really interesting events. You could tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, today we just came from our first and future platform. Our first and future platform really stimulates different type of health and safety innovations. I think one of the greatest things of our health and safety over the past two years is we started to crowdsource data. So the quality of data that we are producing, it's not only informing rules changes, but we're able to crowdsource that and hear from others, data scientists that are in the marketplace. We actually did have a few Columbia students, I believe, last year had yep. submitted, you know, different, well, we, we give a problem set and they give a solution for it. But sometimes those solutions do resonate and they follow through the competition committee. It could be an element of a recommendation, sure. right? An element of that computational model. But what today really does is it solicits, it solicits different types of innovation to either inform us. Our hope is that one of the products that they do present does translate to field. So that's always. But it's all geared to really make our game safer, but to drive health and safety for our players. To go to a lot of what you're doing involves obviously player tracking and data. Um, one of the big concerns that anyone who's collecting data has is about privacy uh, and who actually owns that data. How does the league approach that issue? Well, everything 
everything that we do in health and safety is captured from our EMR system, electronic medical records. We have our epidemiologist, IQVIA, that really, with the NFLPA, take a look at trends and statistics. So we de-identify that information and really take a look at injury trends. We have a host of different medical committees that then review them. So we do not get into any HIPAA concerns. The privacy of that data is de-identified. And as you know, concussions are public. Injuries are public. And so we go through a whole scrutiny of processes and procedures to make sure that the information that we are using to really inform those changes and, and to really study trends, are there's a governance to it. Yeah, and, and the league obviously you know, it issues their annual concussion report, which we've done for the last few years, yeah. as you mentioned. This year they were up a tick. Uh, over over where they were. Um, we talk a little bit about the evolution of that. They were down a lot, as you mentioned, 29 or so percent. 29% percent down year last one. year. Um, and then this year, up a second. And, and what have you noticed driving that or anything out, even with the rule changes and things you put in place? Well, I think that the most important thing is that the 29% decrease last year because we did push together an injury reduction strategy. It's a stain. There's not statistical significance into the number of concussions that were up this year. And so we still go through what's hard for us is that we announce those numbers and then we have our combine. At our NFL combine, we have the triage of all of our medical experts, so we have more time to scrutinize those numbers. But it, the increase was not statistically significant. What we like to say is this is our new baseline. That 29% decrease is our baseline, so now we're hoping to sustain that, which is still a substantial progress from where we were. Yeah. No, and then we, we think about the other injuries, as you mentioned, because you are head to toe. Um, and I've done a little bit of work in this, more in the outside consulting kind of world. Um, if I recall correctly, the, the injuries that really end careers, right? If I recall correctly, the patellar tendon was number one, Achilles was number two, and then you get into and then you get into the yeah, the ACL, PCL kind of issues. Yeah. Well, when I said lower extremity or sixty percent of our injuries and most career end, you know, so you have fractures, fractures and strains. Now, what we want to do with the digital athlete, this is the perfect example with AWS, the complexity on understanding a lower extremity injury, different turf, different environment, right? So today, it's interesting, you asked me what we have new. In our first and future competition, we had given data sets on lower extremity injuries, and we were asking them to study the interaction between the cleat and the turf. This is something that AWS is gonna help us to scale, because the more variables that you add, acceleration, deacceleration, the shoe that's being worn, the environment that you're playing with, there's so many, are they contact, are they non-contact? We, in human fashion, it's very hard to do. Scaling that and doing a video review like we've done for concussions, we will get there. We are really driving to an injury reduction strategy to understand the mechanism of injury like we did concussions. And AWS will help us to get there. What about the trickle-down impact that we're seeing? If we go down to, you know, obviously you're at the very top of the pyramid, so if we head down to uh, what we're seeing at the, the college level, uh, at the high school level, at the youth level, uh, below that. What kind of impact are these things having, or have you, have you been able to track those at all yet? No, we have. You know, I think um, Dr. Allen Sills has done a great job with Jeff Miller to really start to work with the NCAA first. I mean, think about all of our efforts to get to position-specific helmets with our engineering sure. roadmap. Two years ago, 41% of our players were in top-performing helmets. This year, 99%. Over the past two years, we've had about like 13 new helmet models. What is our issue? NCAA players coming into our league, if they were educated on better performing helmets, we wouldn't need to make that education or transition. Tackling techniques. The information when we were doing the concussion reviews, lowering your head, right? That's behavioral. You're being coached that way. It is so important for us to share the information and the learnings that we're getting with the NCAA so we're not adopting those behaviors. 
that they're adopting better helmets earlier. Right. That's our first step, and then naturally it will have a trickle-down effect to high school as well as years. So one of the things we saw in this area, though, and, and some news that probably isn't so favorable for the league, is the top-performing helmet was of the Vices helmet. Right, if I re if I recall correctly, this past season, and Vices looks like it's going out of business, and, and for everything uh, that we've heard about that in the last couple of weeks, um, so what does the league do with this? I mean, it's, it's best helmet, uh, best in terms of health and safety, two hundred and twenty-five players or so across the league last using it. Last night, okay. Yeah. You know, it is it's the it's the top rated helmet in laboratory testing. Okay. So let's just like be clear there. Okay. Um, there are other helmets that are better worn. I think that um, Vices one number one can be still be worn next year. So it can be reconditioned, the player does not need to get out of the helmet. What's unfortunate because of their financial difficulties is that they did have a helmet helmet in development that I think could have exceeded all expectations. I think what Vices had and you know, I had managed the GE relationship way back when that helmet was born out of challenges like we did today and so what was brilliant about that helmet is that if you have an engineer and a neuropsych that take a white space to it with different innovation with different engineering a new helmet can be developed to dissipate the impact it was the catalyst for pushing a lot of the other manufacturers so they were so good in ways. They're not dead yet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they're still looking to get financial rounding, but we they, they, they will show promise. But the innovation has been successful. So let's talk about innovation, uh, because that's obviously at the forefront of so much of what you're doing. How do you create, through what you're doing, an environment that is ripe for innovation? Yeah, well, example like today. You know, here we partner with the best in class, so even AWS will have a series of different types of innovation. Vices is the best example. We partnered back when, in 2013, with GE, and we wanted to stimulate innovation for a sideline diagnostic for concussion. With that, we ran innovation challenges, protective equipment, we had protocol changes, Vices was adopted. So why did we do that with GE? Because they have credibility in the space. There's a healthcare partner, right? They have imaging. And so you partner with those where you're taking a different breath of different type of solicitation, but you're always looking, there's always a better widget. There's always a better protocol. And so it's being on the forefront on really partnering with those to solicit innovation. And today was a perfect example yeah, of that. No, it is. I mean, look at us crowds when we talk about data. The league has never crowdsourced. No, opening up platforms so and crowdsourcing. Last year we crowdsourced the pun play. This year we crowdsourced lower extremity. Why? Because the competition committee is thinking of those issues. How do we start to change our game to mitigate those injuries, right, or improve the health and safety of our game? Yeah. I mean, so much of it, too, is that the, the data is out there. Right, so in a way, it's almost like opening yourself up and saying, you know what, we know the data is out there. How can we help you? Right. Um, yeah. and, and, and being open to I, it. Right, exactly. And a good exactly. idea, my boss Jeff Miller says this all the time, a good idea can come from anywhere. It could be that guy in the garage, you know, and what that guy in the garage needs is either funding, guidance, or for us, scientific support. Yeah. And so we do, we run this whole series of programs. We also partner with Duke University. It's the NFL PA's lead engineer, Barry Myers, who does the solicitation of different types of innovation. And so we do hope that some of the innovations that come back translate to field. What they need from Barry is his biomechanical engineering, but also his finance background. You know, how do you bring these products to market? There's a fantastic number of products. That's how we look to innovate. That's how we look to stimulate the marketplace. And with the attention of the NFL and the NFLPA on it, you can really, you know, hope to bring them and stimulate their success. Good question.
you're certainly not enthusiastic about your job. I know, I know. You so, know. I, um, well, you I, know, I wasn't, I, my background, I was an athlete at well, University actually, of actually, that's what we're about to do. Because uh, yeah. we, we never really, we usually yeah. start off there, Scott. <laughs> Jennifer, how did you get to where you are? Uh, um, so I, um, well, this is not just by, by way of background. I went to University of Virginia undergrad. I played lacrosse there. Um, and, so, Wait, and you were what year? Um, I graduated in 97. So your coach was? <laughs> Julie Myers. And Jane Miller actually recruited me. Yeah, so there's a long path of women from my high school, oh, including where? Julie Myers. Oh, who, PA. Who, in high school, shout out. I had no yeah. idea where this was going. Absolutely. Yeah. So Julie was two years ahead of me in high school, then Bonnie Rosen. Awesome. Uh, and then Sherry Greer. I know all from all our of high them. school in a row. So I just texted all, with Bonnie before. They were all Too on funny. my, uh, I was, they were on first year, my first year, they were fourth year. Yeah. Um, so I did get the opportunity to play with Sherry Greer. Yeah. Um, but I was fortunate to play and start my whole first year, which was pretty unique for first mm. year. And they had just come off the, war, the U.S. championship. Um, unfortunately, my second year, I blew out my knee. Mm. And so this is somewhat in my DNA. It's funny how it comes full circle. I had a financial background for years. Came into the NFL to do finance, a lot of deal structure. Um, reporting to Eric Rubin on the commercial side of the house. Mm. And then I went to business school and then an opportunity came up to work with Jeff Miller who is absolutely brilliant. He's a lobbyist by trade. He's, you know, an attorney, and I was more of the, the business partner there. And we really take a look at how we reduce injuries with white space and build strategies to do so, and we tap into intelligence. And you know, we're not neuropsychs. We're not neuroscientists. But we have committees that help us when we like, what do we do to improve the health and safety of our sport? And we're very lucky that the NFL attracts such quality talent. And there was a detour in there that you overlooked. Uh, CFO of Atari? Yes, I was. Talk, I was. What was that like? So, um, it was so much fun. It was so much fun. I was never a gamer, um, but I learned a lot about gamers. Um, but, you know, in the what, five years or five and a half years that I was there, just to give you context, we started and it was about 400 employees with production facilities. Um, and when I left, we were 38 employees. Only Ugh. in North America, we had delisted, divested all those assets, became a licensing company. So at a very young age, I had seen a suite of being a public company, managing the board, and really different changes with businesses. So a perfect opportunity oh. then came up. And I was also traveling back and forth to France, which was so nice, like every two weeks right. at the age of 30. Um, but then I came back to uh, uh, New York after that, and then the opportunity came at the NFL where they were looking to restructure their apparel strategy, very similar to what I had done at the time. Wow. Yeah, so it's been a nice progression. Absolutely. So uh, in the last couple minutes, uh, we wanted to ask you a couple of other questions because you are all about innovation. We've looked at a lot of emerging companies. You've been through uh, kind of the, the research side. Uh, what advice do you give to people who are looking to get involved, have an idea, but don't quite have it fully baked? So, so like some of the ones that aren't the ones that are selected, um, what advice do you give them to improve what they're doing? Submit to our challenges. Okay. Um, we really teed up for that. I mean, so what we do with our challenges is, like I said, Jeff Miller will say an idea comes from everywhere. If you are a scientist, if you are an engineer, you have no idea on how to fundraise or how to commercialize that product, right? So we try to set up our programs, and there's other programs. If it's not a health and safety product, if it's not a product that's going to improve health and safety, there are always different types of innovation challenges, crowdsourcing challenges. Go where you're setting yourself up for success and getting the disciplines that you as an entrepreneur or a scientist don't have. And so the, the head health tech 
challenge program that we, excuse me, the tech challenge program that we have with Duke does just that. Yeah. You can have an idea, but it's a well-rounded committee of judges and of panelists that will advise you on areas that you don't have competencies in. Mm -hmm. And so we really try to set up for success our helmet challenge that we just launched this year as well. We do want to, we have launched a helmet challenge going back now in November. Um, and so it's a two-year challenge. We want somebody to talk about vices to outperform vices. And so what we will do is give them funding over a year so they can develop a prototype, but we give them the expertise needed. So if they do need laboratory testing, if they do need the likes of, you know, Jeff Crandall, who's our leading biomechanical engineer, we give them the advice to set them up for success. And then we introduce them. Of course, you get the natural marketing with the NFL. But then there's funding associated to commercialize. And then, and then where do people find out more about all the, the work that you're doing? On uh, PlaySmartPlaySafe.com. Do we have any name for that? That's pretty easy. Yeah, so. that is like the home of health and safety. So you have NFL.com is the home for us, but the home for health and safety is Place Smart Place Safe. And we just launched our annual report so you can get a preview of the entire year. Yeah, and you can always call me. Cool. There we go. Excellent. Thank you so much. That yeah, was really cool, you. really thank interesting. I uh, love to hear all the stuff that the league is doing around player health and safety, uh, innovation in general. Um, really cool. Uh, keep it going. Yes. Thank you. Once again, this is uh, The Cusp Show. Our guest was Jennifer Langton of the NFL. I'm Joe Favorito with Scott Rosner. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you down the road. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.